You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Joe Clark, good afternoon. How are you doing today? I am well. To keep with tradition, I'm going to say I'm well, but I'm also cold because it is a very cold day in Newcastle today. Yes, Newcastle has done its best impression of a cold uh, Arctic um, day. (laughs) Probably, you know, anyone listening from Melbourne would just scoff at us, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, oh, <laughs> for this kind of weather. So, yes. Anyway, but yes, I, was, I, I have um for, for my clothing choices this morning when I came into our our church. You yes. were mobbed. Um, there was commentary on your beanie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sensible item of clothing. It is. Yeah, I I can't wear them, but yes, good on you. <laughs> so, um, I have to tell you a funny story. You know how I talked to you about podcast, my um hubcaps, I should say. Yes. And how I'd lost a hubcap, but then I found it and I thought, oh, yay, and then it was broken. And so it didn't yeah, I st- I'm still distressed by that story. It was very yeah. powerful. Get ready for some more distress. Here okay. we go. So I thought, right, it's time to find a solution. I'm going to go buy a new set of hubcaps. So I whipped off mm. my old ones, took one in with me and bought a set thinking, yep, this is the right set. Mm. Got home, tried to fit them and found that the wheel was a bit funny and holding the hubcap off from clamping on. Yeah. So I went back and I changed the size, got them home, tried to put them on, didn't work. <laughs> so now I've gone twice to the car oh, shop. No. Yeah. yeah. So I go a third time and this time I say, I'm just going to bite the bullet and pay someone else to fit them. So I got back to the original size. It turns out that there was some magical way of fitting them and so he <laughs> fitted them. And I paid the $5 for the guy to fit them, drove away feeling very satisfied with spending my $5. Yeah. But I very shortly after that discovered there was a hubcap missing. And I thought, oh, no. And it was only one. I thought, oh, no. So I go back in and I say, the hubcap didn't, didn't stay on. It seems like it was wrongly fitted. They go, oh, that's all right. So they give me another one and fit it. And while we're doing that, the lady says, oh, this is a Yaris. And I say, yes. And she says, oh, Okay. Yeah, they're a bit hard with these hubcaps. And I thought, okay, strange. So, I, But happily, four hubcaps leave, go for a short drive around my suburb just to have a look around that afternoon, get out of the car and discover a hubcap is gone. Oh, no. I don't. So then rediscover my hubcap on the side of the road about 20 metres back, <laughs> put the hubcap back on again, then... The hubcap is gone again. So I go back into the car shop and I say, guys, (laughs) I think I need a refund. And they say, yeah, we should just never fit Yaris's. There's something wrong with the wheels. They just don't really like our hubcaps. And so (laughs) after all of that, I got my money back. Yeah. And I have no hubcaps. Oh, no. So I'm no better off than I was before. (laughs) So you've just taken off all the hubcaps? You're hubcap free? I'm going sans hubcap for the rest of my ownership of the Yaris. So if you drive a Yaris, which is an excellently economical vehicle, just just accept a no hubcap life is what I'm going to say. It's ugly, but it does save you five trips into the car shop. I'm going to write that as a happy story, Joe, because it's a journey towards acceptance. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a really nice way to put it. Thanks, Richard. I feel really like you've named my journey and I can take that on as my name. Yeah, yeah. I love these sort of stories. Um, 
it included both, you know, going back into the shop and being assertive enough to ask for a refund, but also yeah. finding a lost hubcap hub and putting it back on again. That's two layers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Two uh, impressive things. Well done. <laughs> but moving on to more interesting things, hopefully, what's been going on in your life? Oh, well, I, I don't know if I can compete with the missing hubcaps in terms of being interesting, but uh, <laughs> I found a very good, uh, I've had a lot of fun watching a, a little show on Netflix called Old Enough. Uh, have Ooh. you heard of this at all? No. It's a crazy, as always, a crazy Japanese um, show. But um, <laughs> what it is, it's a real-life thing where the producers, for some reason, they don't explain why, don't quite follow, but they um, visit families where, and they get a very young children to go and do tasks. So um, like two years old, three years old, going down the street and buying something at a shop or delivering something to their father's workplace <laughs> or something like that. And... They're only about 10 or 11 minutes, um, and, and they have descriptions like this. Um, uh, a polite co- girl does her best to run errands while her younger sister is ill. Everything goes smoothly until she encounters a troublesome cabbage. <laughs> um, they're just little things like that. And the last one we watched, I made my whole family watch it because it's so good. This little three-year-old girl uh, who goes down the street, crosses a road into a fish market, and chooses three or four items from the shops there, at least two different shops, chats to some strangers, hands out the money, puts it, puts the gear gap back in her bag and wanders back home successfully um, with a, you know, a little bit of forgetting and going back and, and getting confused on changing the order slightly. But uh, <laughs> it's just um, very cute um, and an amazing concept. <laughs> just watching a very compliant little child <laughs> trying yeah. to execute adult tasks. And they're so little, little two, three-year-olds wandering down the street with this bag of stuff. And um, <laughs> I, fun. Uh, it's just fun. Yes. There's a cameraman, I suppose, there, like if anything really oh, yeah. bad happened. But they, it is surprising how capable these kids are of going doing a task. So, Do you ever wonder whose kids they are? Oh, you get like to the, the sort of see the parents. The, oh, okay, right. Yeah, so right, the, right. the parents say, oh, you know, now do you remember how do we cross the road and do you remember which shop to go? Here's oh, the money. Sweet. And then they sort of wait patiently at home or wherever it is and very excited <laughs> to see them again. But, oh, the so, things um, we, uh, we get to enjoy with modern reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> I've told my kids I think they're old enough for many things that they don't think they're old enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's changed parenting, and, parenting in the Sweatman household. Y- yes, old enough. If little Yuka can go to the fish market and back, you guys can do this thing that I want you to do. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, yep, old enough. That's been fun. Now, Joe, what's uh, going on in Bible reading for you at the moment? Well, I'm continuing with my chronicle, chronological reading. I'm still a little bit behind, but mm-hmm. I am deep into psalm 119 which we both know and love of course Mm. a very long psalm which follows um, has little sections for each of the alphabet of the hebrew um, alphabet each Mm -hmm. little section and i'm up to the hay section which is verse 33 to 40 Mm -hmm. and um i just thought i'd read two verses and um share a story of how i think this has played out which is really i've been found really encouraging so verse 33 Teach me, Lord, the meaning of your statutes, and I will always keep them. Help me understand your instructions, and I will obey it and follow it with all my heart. Mm. Uh, and, and this little section really does seem to be the psalmist asking, please, Lord, teach me your statutes, and I will move to obedience. And um, 
it just really got me thinking about obedience and how that's that, that that's what God's word produces in us. Like God's always working in us to, for to obey His. Yeah. But um, I guess how do I? So I was sitting in a group and we were having a discussion at an MTS info night, and we were talking about how to obey God and be willing to serve Him in a particular way in, in thinking about ministry apprenticeships. Yeah. And as I sat there, one of the people asked this question: How do I know how to? I don't know, serve God, how do I make these decisions? And Stu Harrison, wonderful, faithful brother in Christ um, in our staff team, he had this beautiful phrase, which he is basically paraphrased from Psalm 119. I don't know if he realized at the time that that's what he was doing. But he said, well, we, we listen to God's word and then we obey and we make that daily obedience, our choice of what we're going to do. Mm. And so we don't have to, you know, that's what we're looking at in this situation as we think about ministry we're looking at God's word now and we will each day choose to obey him. And mm. I, that stayed with me. Few, that was a few weeks ago. And then I read these verses and I thought, yes, this is the Christian life. And it was just um, a lovely pairing of a, a situation I was in in a conversation that I was really struck by the guidance of an older brother. But then um, the words of the scriptures also bearing that out. And so yeah. anyway, that's what I've been thinking about this morning. I think that's great. Yeah, mm. I love just yeah grabbing a couple of verses from this huge psalm. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I love the phrase there: "Obey it with all my heart." Um, mm. it calling for or uh, well, the the prayer, I suppose, of the psalmist is not a token obedience, no. but yeah. a wholehearted, all of heart obedience. And it's saying, "Lord, teach me. Lord, guide me. Like teach me in thirty three, and then help me to understand in verse thirty four. Mm. It's very much a God oriented obedience of mm. wanting to learn from God, which then changes the whole heart. Um, yeah, and it's something. It's sometimes scary to pray those sort of prayers because yeah. <laughs> part of us doesn't really want wholehearted obedience because that could be quite costly. Yeah, can I have like seventy five percent hearted obedience? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yes, Definitely, um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting, the final um, verse of the section, um, how I long for your precepts, give me life through your righteousness. Mm. Um, it was just a lovely finish because it reminded me that while we are you know, asking God to grow us and teach us to be obedient, actually the one who is righteous is, is God. And mm. uh, anyway, it was a good finish for that. <laughs> Yeah, great. Oh, mm. excellent. We're working through uh, Psalm 119. That's a yeah, very great. rich and lovely psalm, that one. Mm. Uh, but you've been reading a book. Yes, I have um, been uh, picked up a book at the Reach Australia Conference after Ooh. having a great little chat with Carl from the Wandering Bookseller. Oh, um, we love the Wandering Bookseller. Yes. So yeah. No, so I was... Um, Yes, a, book sh- a, uh, a bookshop's a good place to go in a conference when you want a bit of, um, you know... Yeah. A downtime, but um, also yeah, their selection is always good. And I was mm. chatting to Carl because I was been wanting to do a bit of reading and thinking about forgiveness. Mm. And he said, "Oh, I think I feel like I read this book that had something around that that was quite helpful." And so he, he thought for a while and then um, passed me this book called, um, which is not directly about forgiveness, but has a good section on it. it the book's called "Something's Not Right: mm. Decoding the Hidden Tactics of Abuse and Freeing Yourself from Its Power." by Wade Mullen. Um, And so this book is um, kind of written by a guy who's experienced um, um, kind of of emotional abuse in in a kind of Mm. professional or or, or, um, church kind of setting. Mm. Um, 
and writes quite well about um, uh, the phrase he uses, kind of decoding the language of abuse. As he's saying, mm. like, in an abuse situation, you get quite confused as to what's going on. But what he's um, setting out to do in this book is is um, give some of the language to describe what's happening. Mm. And, um, so the chapters are like uh, um, dismantling your internal world, dismantling your external world, mm. uh, charms, the silent struggle, on the defence, concessions, mm. things like that. So um, I thought um, that was that was really helpful. Uh, thankfully, I'm reading this not in kind of any intense personal position or anything like that. So mm. I can read it just as someone learning. Mm. Um, so quite helpful, not a massively biblical book, but um, wise and helpful. Mm. Um, and then the bit that Carl was thinking of, which I think was about um, apologies, was uh, pretty good actually. He said, um, it's a little page that says, gives a little acronym for what a, a good apology has. Um, because, you know, in abuse situations, sometimes apologies are offered, but it's like there's a catch to them or there's a, mm. they're, they're partial or it's, it's not actually helpful. So part of what he does to help people in an abuse situation is, you know, say, say someone apologized to you, here's some things to look for. And here's the acronym. I uh, thought this was worth sharing. Um, it's the acronym is uh, SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, mm -hmm. and S is for surrender. And that's where the apology gives up the desire to defend. Um, I mm. owe you an apology. Mm. C is confession. Rightly name each wrong to acknowledge fully what has been done. I mm. was wrong when I... Dot, dot, dot. So o is for ownership. Acknowledge the active role they had in the wrongdoing. So I take complete responsibility for... Dot, dot, dot. Mm. R is recognition. Specifically state the harm caused by the wrongdoing. Mm. I see how my actions caused you this and then e empathy make a true connection with the weight of what has been done i am grieved and filled with remorse mm. and uh i thought oh, well actually that's quite helpful that's an, an insightful mm. um i um and so yeah uh, right. that's something i've taken away i'm thankful to carl sharing a book that was i uh, wouldn't have come across otherwise yeah and um yeah it's got me thinking a bit about more about apologies yeah what do you reckon about one thing that I was modelled um, once, which I quite appreciated, was someone asking, "Would you please, like, would you please forgive me?" And mm. using the language of forgive, because it's a very Christian thing to say, mm. "Please forgive me," rather than just saying, "I'm really sorry," and then not not actually saying, "I forgive you." You can do that; it's nothing wrong with it. But actually, the power of saying, "Please forgive me," does mm. it talk about that, or because it? I guess it's all. All of that is the ownership there would be saying I've done the wrong thing. The recognition is how it's affected the other person. The empathy of I can see how this, you know, engaging with the emotional experience of or the journey of the other person. Mm. But, um, coming to a point where you say, will you forgive me? Would you please? Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, that's a, um, that's a good point. Um, it hasn't been included in his apology description here. Mm. Um, I, it's possible that um, he's bit nervous about that would you please forgive me because the yeah. potential dynamic oh, in an abuse situation yeah. of the bible says forgive you must forgive uh, mm. therefore yeah please you yeah. must forgive so like 
yeah, obviously it's yeah. important, but um, yeah. As soon as you say that, I realise that the <laughs> pastoral application of the apology acronym in that situation is completely different to the conceptual discussion I am having with you, which is like, how do you bring forgiveness and name that as the person seeking to apologise? Yeah. yeah, I do agree. In a in when it's an abuse situation, that's there's much more complexity there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, complexity <laughs> is the word. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, and I'd be happy to recommend this book to someone um, mm. interested in the area, uh, connected. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't um, thought heaps deeply and or, you know, tested mm. some of the ideas according to the Bible, but overall, um, yeah, overall uh, helpful book and, um, yeah, got yeah. me thinking. Well, I'm so glad you got that recommendation and um, adding to that picture you're trying to build of what is forgiveness, uh, yeah. how do we teach forgiveness and how do we be forgiving and offer for, and ask for forgiveness. So, hmm. Hopefully that will bear fruit in the longer-term thinking. We'll see what happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we are out of time. As mm-hmm. always, great chatting with you, Joe, about hubcaps. Will there be another hubcap story in the life of this podcast? I doubt we it. Will, <laughs> we will have to see. And uh, old enough. Two-year-olds doing chores. Some great stuff from Psalm 119 and uh, a uh, helpful book on abuse. But um, if you've uh, enjoyed this podcast or enjoy listening to Homegrown Faith, we would love you to share this with others. We find it encouraging to hear about new listeners and more listeners. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, if there's anyone you think might benefit from a little bit of a a few stories, some Bible reflection and uh, thinking and reading, please, uh, yeah, share the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Well, good to talk. We'll talk next week. See you then. Bye.